This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash tickersymboluyou. Let's start with this. I want to talk about a big change that I think we all see coming. Linear TV, the kind where you have to tune in at a specific time or you miss the start of your program, is still in over 80 million households today, and about $70 billion are spent each year on TV ads. Ark Invest believes this number will be cut in half over the next five years, as more and more people become cord cutters. In this episode, we'll take a quick look at the decline in TV viewership, the things big media companies like Fox and Comcast are doing about it, and some publicly traded companies that are disrupting them. Our discussion will be guided by an Ark Invest analyst research article titled The Cable Box is a Relic of the Past, which I've linked in the description below along with all of my other sources. Linear TV has offered viewers thousands of channels for seemingly low prices, but users today want more options and a better deal. While 86 million households in the U.S. still pay for linear TV, its days seem to be numbered. Disruptive innovation typically follows a pattern. It evolves slowly at first and then all at once. That's why so many Wall Street analysts are caught off guard when a new innovation disrupts the old. They're assuming slow linear growth instead of recognizing the start of exponential growth, or in the case of cable, what could be exponential declines. Since peaking in 2011, the number of U.S. linear TV households has declined more than 2% each year. That said, according to ARK Invest research, by 2025, the number of U.S. linear TV households will be cut nearly in half, from 86 million at the start of 2020 to 44 million, a level last seen more than 30 years ago. Despite eight consecutive years of declining viewership, advertising in linear TV has been remarkably stable. In ARC's view, this is the calm before the storm. They believe that cord cutting will accelerate during the next five years, and linear TV spend is likely to drop by more than 50%, from $70 billion roughly to $34 billion, an abrupt shift similar to the print media demise during the global financial crisis in 2008. After surviving for years in the face of declines in readership, print advertising suffered years of double-digit declines. As was the case with print media, ARC believes ad dollars are likely to shift from linear TV to more efficient platforms like streaming, a trend that traditional media companies have recognized. For example, during the past year alone, Comcast, ticker symbol CMCSA, Fox, ticker symbol FOX, and Viacom CBS, ticker symbol VIAC, have acquired three players in the ad-supported streaming space, Zumo, Tubi, and Pluto TV, respectively. Whenever I hear about big legacy companies like Comcast and Fox making acquisitions to keep up with their disruptors, I like to check out the companies that were actually acquired. Let's take a very quick look at Zumo, Tubi, and Pluto TV right now. Zumo literally has a bunch of channels you can tune into and watch whatever is playing on them, just like cable TV. It also offers on-demand content ranging from news and sports to movies, shows, and documentaries. If you click into Family Feud, you can see the current episode playing, as well as playlists of clips and compilations from the show, kind of like if you searched for it on YouTube. Comcast acquired Zumo in February of 2020. Tubi feels the most like Netflix, ticker symbol NFLX, to me. It sorts movies and shows into genres and recommends things based on what you like, as well as what everyone else is watching on the platform. 
One thing I like about Tubi is that it has a section where it tells you what content is leaving the platform soon so you can watch it before it goes. I'm not thinking about Tubi as a secondhand Netflix. I'm thinking about it more like Fox acquiring Netflix-like capabilities that they can begin to incorporate across all of their other offerings. Also, some of the content on Tubi is legitimately good. Fox acquired Tubi in March of 2020. Pluto TV has the most cable-like feel to it, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Instead of scrolling through channels to see what's on and feeling pressured about missing content, I could see people scrolling through the live TV section to discover content based on the channels and genres they already enjoy. I also think this kind of interface will really help adoption among some older demographics. That seems to fit with the kind of content they have on their platform anyway. One thing that surprised me about all three of these platforms is that I could literally just start watching almost whatever I wanted. I just clicked on the content and it started playing, even though I don't pay for cable or I don't have an account. Sure, they might force me to create an account somewhere down the road, but talk about a completely frictionless entry. I just clicked and started watching. Connected TV platforms are becoming a threat to traditional media companies. TV operating systems like Roku, ticker symbol ROKU, Fire TV by Amazon, ticker symbol AMZN, and Android TV owned by Google, ticker symbol GOOG, motivate many if not most television purchases. During the next 5 to 10 years, if the ad market for streaming soars, as ARK Invest believes it will, TV operating systems like Roku will benefit from the share shift in revenues, taking 30% of the ad load on each of their channels. Basically, channels that operate on Roku have to set up their own ad servers and fully manage their own advertising demand. However, they have to let Roku fill 30% of the ads and Roku keeps 100% of the revenue of those ads. The other 70% is controlled by the channel and that channel gets to keep all of the revenue associated with those ads. That's a pretty sweet deal for Roku in exchange for allowing a channel to be a part of their platform. While still well positioned in one of the most profitable programming categories, live sports, linear TV seems to be on its last legs. ARC's analysis suggests that without live sports, cord cutting rates would explode. According to the Trade Desk, 60% of all households subscribe to cable primarily for live sports, the reason that linear TV players are paying billions of dollars for the rights to broadcast them. Whether or not households watch sports, 20% of their monthly subscriptions, or roughly $21 per month in the case of cable, pays for sports programming. Making matters worse, three of the four major sports leagues will be renegotiating their contracts in the next two years. The NFL, the MLB, and the NHL all could cut their ties with major networks as early as this year. All of the NFL's contracts are up for renegotiation this year and next. The NFL just finished negotiations and closed a deal with Disney, which owns ESPN. ESPN has lost 15 million cable subscribers since 2014, and Disney is now paying about $2.7 billion per year for the NFL's content, which is a 35% bump from their previous contract. While that sounds like a bad spot to be in, it's important to remember that sports fans are a pretty specific demographic, and keeping them on Disney's channels opens the doors to cross-promoting their other content content, services, and products. Without football, Disney might really struggle to keep a large portion of the 30- to 45-year-old male demographic, even with Marvel and Star Wars to their name. Fox and TBS are also paying about 40% more in their new contracts with Major League Baseball, which will begin in 2022 and run through 2028. Speaking of 2022, which is coming up pretty fast, I'm curious to see if CBS, Fox, and NBC can also renew their NFL contracts in 2022, or if we'll see a major shift in how, where, and when audiences decide to consume sport content. 
During the last few years, sports leagues have experimented with streaming, but none have struck a national streaming-first broadcasting deal. Consequently, linear players still have broader reach. That said, sports leagues have extracted more value in each round of negotiations, with the latest being worth $10.8 billion per year across the major four leagues. U.S. sports rights deals have been going up in value steadily since the 1980s. Even after adjusting for inflation, the value of these contracts is the highest they've ever been jumping by 100-200% to since the mid-2000s. These networks are doing whatever they can to keep sports fans watching, and I suspect that means they can't afford to lose them. Now that players with more cash and reach, like Amazon, Apple, and Google, are using streaming as customer acquisition channels for their core businesses, their digital bidding budgets seem likely to scale to heights that linear TV will find difficult to match. Don't forget, these companies have powerful network effects that let them get their new products and services in front of existing customers without paying new customer acquisition costs. That's huge. Recently, Amazon extended its streaming rights to Fox's Thursday Night Football and got exclusive rights to one game a year, a potential sign that sports leagues could be open to more extensive streaming deals in the future. If so, Ark Invest believes users will ask why they are paying sky-high prices for live sports that are available elsewhere for a fraction of the cost, especially if they're already paying to be a part of that ecosystem. In this case, that football fan might already be an Amazon Prime member and could be offered additional discounts for a football package. In ARC's view, given the competition brewing for live sports broadcasting rights, the declining linear TV user base, and burgeoning new streaming options, the end of linear TV is not a question of if, but when. One thing I'll add to that is that today, more streaming happens on mobile devices than not, which means many people are watching content while commuting or multitasking. I think there's a really big market opportunity to cater to sports fans that are increasingly likely to consume sports content from inside an air taxi or a self-driving Tesla or simply on their regular commute. I'm excited to see how live sports production and content continues to evolve as a result and the new companies and investment opportunities that will evolve with it. One example of a market I think will take off is virtual reality-based courtside experiences. Think about how many diehard sports fans would love access to these types of immersive experiences on the go or from the comfort of their own homes. Courtside seats could be just the beginning. Think about adding in fully integrated stats for fantasy leagues, real-time promotions and discounts for team merchandise for you and your VR avatar, or other exclusive perks and virtual goods. Even a nerd like me can't help but get excited for sports broadcasting to move away from linear TV to streaming and other more novel types of broadcasting like VR. I hope that linear TV and cable companies can get on the right side of change before that happens. This is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.